You're listening to the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network. Yeah, it's a mouthful. For more great shows like the one you're about to enjoy, visit electronicmediacollective.com. And now, our feature presentation. Hey, Gad, this is Pinky, and you're listening to the Grolix Podcast with me. Brain is not here right now because he's the stupid one. I'm smart and listening to the Grolix Podcast. No. This is Jesse, and in the future... When the president of the United States wants to pardon someone, he will first have to win that year's Royal Rumble. This is Randy. In the future, I'm not buying cars from Craigslist anymore. Welcome to the Grolix Podcast, uh, episode number 52. Two. Two. We've got it. Jesse, we have a super show today. Do we? we Good. Do. Is it because we're talking about Superman? Yes. Is that why? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's it. <laughs> that's why. Good. That's, that's what does Oh, it. man. Man, I thought I was missing something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're going to talk about uh, Superman, the most, the, the, the at this time, current volume of superman uh issues number one through six what volume do they call it i see it listed as volume 2016 oh goodness me i don't even know i think it might be volume <laughs> at this point it's like volume yeah probably volume well, yeah it's the, they, i don't even know if they bother with volumes anymore they probably have to but yeah it's probably like 2016 volume yeah it's the rebirth the rebirth series we're gonna discuss issues one through six because we want to yeah that's the thing we want to do right and unlike what we'll talk about next episode this is this is superhero parenting done right <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah right yeah <laughs> so we're recording a little bit late so no melanie today uh but that's okay she's not a huge superman fan i would have been curious to hear what she had to say about this because i think parts of and we'll get into it obviously but i think parts of this first arc I think she would enjoy because it's just good. But then if I recall right. correctly, it does hit some cheese and I don't know how much she would enjoy some of the cheesier aspects or <laughs> I love some of the cheese though. But like, like that last issue. I mean, when we get into it, there's some stuff there. It's like, Oh my God. When you say it out loud, it sounds ridiculous, but in a Superman comic, it's not, it's just like normal. Oh yeah. And they just like, they dive into it. They dive into the, the love of Superman. I think that's why I like so much about it too, is that it, it, it is like a rebirth, you know, it, it is going back to some of those campier fun things about Superman mm -hmm. while being true to who that character was pre new 52. Did we read issue seven? Did you read issue seven? I only have one through six. Okay. Okay. Well issues, I think the story pretty much. Okay. Yeah, no, the story is considered like part of that arc, but it's really kind of a coda. Like it, the stories, it doesn't continue the story necessarily. So, okay. You're not really missing. Oh, anything. so an epilogue issue or whatever, basically. And it is like a super, like we love Superman type. <laughs> oh, issue. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We're so glad you're back. Yeah. It's just like a, yeah, exactly. It's like, it's just fun. And this is going to be Superman fun. All right. Uh, how about some how about some in-house news first off? What, what, what do we got? I know we got some good stuff. We do. Um, 
Well, I'm a, most recently, uh, probably the most important in-house news thing is that we uh, guested on the uh, awesome podcast, Make Dad Read Comics with Patrick. Yeah. Yeah, that was great. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. It's weird because it's like we've uh, kind of conversed back and forth with Patrick for years, uh, but this was the first time we actually talked to each other. And it's one of those weird situations where it's like you act it's it's like you know them already, you know. Yeah, like, it didn't feel weird. It felt like I, I mean, maybe there was probably some awkward silences that you have in any conversation, mm-hmm. but it it just felt like like we'd we'd been podcasting forever. That's a good point. I hadn't really thought about it. That really, that was the first time either of us really talked to him. Yeah, in, with our actual voices. Yeah, yeah. with with our yeah <laughs> with our real sound making voices, our real human voices. Yeah, in audible ways. It not not uh filtered or compressed or anything. Yeah, that's a good point because I didn't even I didn't even think about it. Sure, it was a little awkward cuz you know, we but listen to the not like you listen to the show and then you know the person, but you li- I've listened to the show enough that it wasn't like I was like, yeah, okay, talking to Patrick. Yeah. Well, and even to the even even to the degree like like I knew certain things going in, so I even like stacked the deck in terms of what we what we talked about because I listen to the show and know mm. like what are the things that he likes and doesn't like and yeah, and I thought, well, let's go with the stuff he doesn't like because that <laughs> is that's conversation. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, you can't have a good story without some conflict. That's right. That's right. Yeah, and so that we talked about a uh, Batman, a lonely place of dying, and I do like mm-hmm. uh, I like the the brief summary he has for that uh, episode. It just is a uh, Robin issues. What it says. Robin issues. I didn't I didn't catch that. Uh-huh. That's awesome. Perfect. Yeah, and if you, yeah, I mean, sure, I'm sure people probably know, but that was the introduction of Tim Drake. Mm-hmm. I'm a big fan. You guys less so. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, not not to say that you weren't a fan. That, I mean, like of the story or whatever. But yeah, no, th- that was a great pick because you, yeah, you are a fan. Tim Drake is your Robin, right? I and I get, go totally into it in that episode. So and Patrick is not any kind of Robin fan, and I, for the most part, wasn't any kind of Robin fan. But the one arc that kind of like sold me on Robin, or at least like got me to accept, like okay. I can deal with Robin um, was that arc. So yeah, no, you picked it perfectly. Yeah, it was a, it's a great show. It's a great conversation. Um, You guys should definitely check that out. Um, You can find him on Stitcher or iTunes at make dad read comics. I think he's a website too. It's like blogs, like make dad read comics.blogspot.com. I think. And it's episode 219. So yeah, thank you to, uh, thank you to Patrick for having us on the show. Uh, Hopefully dad is recovering from his, uh, surgery we hope to hear from dad on the show soon mm-hmm. but we really enjoyed uh having the opportunity to guest so how awesome is that in the in in that was the same month wasn't it in the same month we we got to play a audio clip from both patrick and his dad and then we got to be on make dad yeah comics. oh man it was, yeah. yeah it was kind of the month of make dad read comics for us we've mentioned the show before but if you still haven't checked it out for some reason you definitely should also we have been uh, partaking in the SCS challenge, the hashtag SCS challenge on uh, Twitter with the Superior Comic Show. 
they put out basically a topic and then people can either just tweet in their answers or you can do a short video. And uh, I've been doing the videos like with a, it's kind of like the sequel to the uh, 30 day comic challenge that we did. Mm-hmm. And uh, and you like you, you chimed in with some videos on on that original challenge, as as did I. And uh, we've both been putting out videos for this one as well. Yeah, talking about talking about comic stuff because <laughs> this YouTube channel, I feel bad sometimes because it doesn't get a whole lot of. I mean, it does. It gets all the all the all our normal content, but um, at least the stuff that I do for the YouTube channel, it's different for the stuff you do. But uh, mm-hmm. it's not always comic related, so I kind of feel bad sometimes. So yeah, no, it was good to chime in with some actual comic discussion. And you had some great answers too. I mean, like you. You come from a different perspective than a lot of the people at the in the group, and and mm-hmm. you make a point of pointing that out. But I mean, like, but I think fairly, you know, justly so. So try try not to sound too sour about it. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Nah, you're just schooling them children's <laughs> on um, on the DCs, the DCs of the world. Oh, man. Um, yeah, well, and I've I've found myself like uh, chiming in with more DC answers lately too. Like today, I actually went full on indie with my answer. So if you guys are interested in uh, lots of different topics revolving around, which, you know, I don't, you know, like everything from who's your favorite villain to what's your what's the best underdog story to who's your favorite couple in comics, then uh, we've got videos and we've got uh, responses. You can check out the hashtag SCS challenge on Twitter, or you can uh, check, just check out our videos uh, on you on our YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, like we, we put in the links, we, we talk about the things the link you, you links. can, you can see them and hear them. Yeah. No. Yeah. It is. It's, it is pretty awesome. Uh, man, they have a, a robust conversation. I mean, like we'll even have, we'll even talk about it maybe later, <laughs> you know, I mean like their, their community is strong. Their community game is on point. So, uh, this, so you said the spider, uh, this Spider-Man It's not even Spider-Man. Spider-Man. <laughs> Do you want to be a spider buggy Superman? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this, this run of Superman, uh, is it started in 2016? 2016. Yes. It's the uh it had the rebirth banner on it. It's the rebirth. Okay. volume or series of Superman. So this would have come out right after the DC Rebirth special where we see basically the aftermath of New 52 Superman's death, right? Exactly. Yeah, that I guess that kind of sets up this book a little bit just in that like establishing, well, what would it what would it be called? I guess it's pre new fifty two or pre new fifty two Clark Kent. They're really yeah, they're really not telling us because they're they they've been hinting ever since DC Rebirth that this Superman is not who he thinks he is. <laughs> who do you think you are, Clark Kent? Are yeah. you Clark Kent? I, was... I know Clark Kent and you sir are no Clark Kent. <laughs> So, so yeah, we're gonna be talking about issues one through six of that. Now, when that happened, I I started reading this and Action Comics, and Action mm-hmm. Comics like it got at a point, it got to a point where this Superman, pre New Fifty Two Superman, was running around with um and battling um Lex Luthor playing his version of Superman, and then right. all of a sudden there was a whole another Clark Kent, like a Clark Kent there. And I'm just like, wait, 
Oh, I remember. I remember hearing about this. Yeah. And he's just totally, he's just Clark Kent. He's like not powered at all that we can tell. Yeah. And I'm sure that has come to some type of conclusion now, but I did not stick around for it. I was like, what? I, nope, I can't, I can't do it. I can't do it. And, (laughs) and Superman was so good. So I was enjoying it so much. So, um, I just like uh, action comics. You guys do your thing over there. I'm going to chill over here with Superman and Super Sun <laughs> and Super Sun. So, yeah. What, so what's the what's the setup for Superman? All right. So Superman. Um, this is written by Peter J. Tumasi. And I, is it all written by? OK, well, the thing I'm looking at here lists uh, issues one and two written by Peter J. Tomasi and three going forward uh, by Peter J. Tomasi and Patrick Gleason and okay. penciled by Patrick Gleason with occasional issues penciled by Jorge Jimenez. Oh, so okay. Yes. Yeah. And Doug Mankey. So Gleason, Gleason uh, is double duty on writing and art. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Oh yeah. And I think the, I think the reason I initially, before we really get into like what it is, uh, the reason I, it caught my eye to begin with was that, uh, Patrick Gleason, Peter J. Tomasi team up. I I became a big fan of that creative team specifically because of their run on the new 52 Batman and Robin. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, if they're going to do a similar type book with Superman and, and his son, that sounds interesting to me. Actually, Patrick Gleason's also had a run on what was the name of the book? It was the Robin book, but it was, what was the name of it? It was Damien running around oh yeah 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 i remember when it came out i don't know what it's called though it wasn't robin it might have been son of batman or some other i think that sounds right like son of batman yeah and that was actually and he he wrote and did the art on that and that was pretty good so son of superman not son of superman superman (laughs) so this is basically like we said it's it's pre new 52 superman clark kent um in the modern current universe, I yeah, they're playing it pretty close to the chest as to like how or why that or they kind of reveal it in earlier episodes. Uh-huh. And for the most part, he's been keeping it like he's been playing it low key. He's been uh, they they he has a wife. It's Lois, right? It's pre new yeah, fifty two yeah. Lois Lane. Yeah, well, it feels like uh, feels like it's time jumped a little bit. Like there's things that have happened for. Pre-New 52, it's so weird to say. Okay, so <laughs> it's it's uh, it's like we've missed something with mm-hmm. this pre-New 52 Superman. Like he's been off doing things and, you know, like his life has progressed and uh, it's him and Lois and they've been mar- – like they were married and um, now they have a son. Yeah, John. And uh, that, that didn't exist pre-New 52, d- did it? No, I don't think so. So we've gotten we've gotten some development since then. So it's not just like they're picking up where they left off. It's uh you know they, we've gotten a little bit more, but we're led to believe that this is uh, that same Superman, and he seems like he is. He's just got more to his life now. I want to say at certain times it seems like they've been in the New Fifty Two universe for a while, just laying low mm-hmm. until the current Superman. Uh, like the new 52 Superman was killed or whatever happened to him. Right. And yeah, their son, John is, what do you figure? 
eight? Is that too old? Eight? Is that too young? He, he's pretty. He's pretty young. But I no eight sounds about right because eight would make him like a first or second grader. Mm-hmm. So second grade, I could see maybe even third grade. Yeah, and they're living on a farm in where is it here? Is it Kansas? That'd be too on the nose, wouldn't it? It's three hundred no- miles north of Metropolis. Okay. Uh, he's going by the name of Smith. So the Smith Farm. Yeah, I can't recall. I can't recall if they do in Kansas or not. But I mean, you know, it could be. It looks like it. Right, right. Looks like a, a Smallville type farm. Yeah. What do you What do you think of that? Like the setup for for them having a family on the farm. I think it's interesting. I mean, if 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 Superman's gonna play uh, lay low and like have his family and raise his son and all that, it makes sense that he would kind of raise him in a Smallville type uh, upbringing like he had. Sure, kind of like Jonathan did for him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah I could see that. Well, I suppose even, uh, even the, you know, like with Connor, Connor Kent, uh, who is the the clone of Superman and Lex, so this is pre-New 52, also, he sent, uh, he being Clark, sent Connor to live with uh, his folks in Smallville, for the, that exact same reason, to give him that upbringing. And it makes, and well, I mean, even we were reading Kingdom Come a while back, uh, talking mm-hmm. about that on the show. And even though it wasn't real, it was a virtual situation. Like Wonder Woman tracks down an older self exiled Superman and he's in like a virtual, uh, <laughs> virtual Kansas. Kansas farm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. His V, his augmented reality Kansas. He's doing farm work for <laughs> no reason because it's virtual reality. <laughs> Just, yeah, right, right. Well, he doesn't need the crops, I guess. No, yeah, I suppose not. I just need to lift heavy hay bales and tractors. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's what, what I do in my free time. I like to pick them up. This first issue is of the six is fantastic. We don't have to do go too much into it, but it, it quickly, it moves so fast. It quickly establishes, you know, the farm life and this and that. And he's still obviously Superman because there's a barn fire and he's got to save a pony and stuff. It very quickly establishes all that. And then gets to to John. Uh, the, the focus is very; it's very much from uh, his son's perspective. Oh yeah, well, and he's just learning about his powers, kind of thing. Like, yeah, that's the that's the big thing. Oh man, and that's part of this book. How it opens. Oh man, it works so well. Yeah, because he's just getting his powers, and I mean, this is kind of an important bit where he's he's chasing. He's trying to cha- uh, track down their cat. Or chase down. He's running with his cat, and a bird swoop. A big bird swoops down and grabs the cat. Yeah, like a hawk is like gonna take off with the cat. And so he, trying to stop stop them, has an uncontrollable uh, heat vision blast that takes out the cat and the bird. So it's like, <laughs> everything. Yeah, it's yeah. it's really horrific. And, <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Yeah. And of course, witnessed by a little girl. Of course, you gotta have a Lana Lane. Right. Right. Exactly. And that's the first thing I thought of, too. It's like, oh, boy, he's got a long he's got a Lana. So a lot of things, you know, so most of the issue is kind of dealing with that. But I love the end. So Superman is approached late at night by Wonder Woman and Batman. And I love how it's portrayed here, because, again, it's the issues like taking it's the point of view of John. And he sees them out through the window and just the way it's like through the art and shadows, how it's portrayed, like it's really like creepy. 
Oh yeah, yeah. Just them appearing from from the cornfields, <laughs> oh, kind of. <laughs> right, right. Well, and even after you get to see who they are, they've got like the dark shadows around their eyes. Even Superman looks scary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's totally like, oh man, yeah, I forgot about that last page where they see him, and all yeah. their eyes are just white, glowing yeah. dots in the darkness. <laughs> <laughs> they don't even look human. No, no, they don't. Superman isn't. <laughs> uh, yeah, and it freaks him out, and he hides like hides in the darkness <laughs> of his room. That first issue is really what sold me. I was super excited about this series after that. And then we get the Eradicator. Yeah. I, I didn't see that coming at all. I mean, even though they say, like, right there on that last page, so I'm basically Eradicated or whatever. And I suppose it makes sense because you just had a uh, new, you know, new 52 Superman dying. So I guess, you know, what, what happened, <laughs> what happened when, uh, when Superman died the first time eradicator. Mm-hmm. So I guess it's it kind of makes a strange sort of sense that the eradicator would be involved here, but we're like, that's not a guy that I'm like, you know who we need more of the eradicator. Oh, extra interesting. Something I hadn't really caught before, and you mentioned it with the Eradicator around after, since we just had the death of the New 52 Superman. So also, Superman starts taking John out with him to do super heroic things, including battling weird sea creatures that, did they turn out, did it turn out to be like a machine or something? Kind of looks like one. Yeah, like it's some kind of, it looks like it's got like tentacles, but it also looks like it's like part of a spaceship or something. Yeah. I don't know. But so uh Super Sun has a has a S S jacket, Superman S jacket. But he's also like flying around with like another regular coat over the top and he's kind of got regular style jeans and it's not exactly the Superboy that showed up after the original Death of Superman outfit, but it kind of reminds right. me of that a little bit. I mean, you've got a Superboy here. Yeah. So it, Kind of makes sense to have the Vindicator and all that. Like, it's an interesting something I hadn't really caught. Oh, the yeah. First time okay. Through. Yeah. Some interesting I, I, I parallels see where you're going to with that. that. That is interesting. Yeah. Well, if that's the case, I need, uh, I need a little more John Henry Irons in my life. Right. What happened to that guy? <laughs> they had a new 52 version of him, and I guess it flopped because I, I did a little bit of research because, uh, I was doing the, uh, the SES challenge. Yeah, you just mentioned my that, answer. didn't you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I so I, I looked. I was like, have they done anything with this character since the death and return of Superman and and how he kind of phased out there? And uh, I guess he was in the New 52, but obviously he wasn't a big deal because neither of us knew about it. And I always liked that character. I mean, like, generally the, Vindita- uh, the Eradicator is, like, the only one that I didn't care much for. He's such a strange... Like, so, I mean, like, he's the most alien of, of all the yeah. supermen from the reign of the supermen. And it was really the only one I didn't buy that was going to be Superman, you know, like in all the other ways. All the other ones, it was like uh, John Henry Irons. He was kind of a spiritual su- uh, Superman successor. And, uh, you know, like you could see Connor being like a, a literal heir to the Superman throne or whatever. And then Cyborg there was always this like, oh, maybe that is Superman. It's a really weird turn, but mm-hmm. maybe it is. And he was the one most adamantly kind of claiming himself as Superman, which made it, you know, super interesting when he wasn't. Spoilers. 
<laughs> Who knew we were going to get into the death of Superman in this issue? I mean, there's a lot of battle in these in this arc. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of Superman versus Vindicator battle. Also, they have I, what is the name of the dog? They have a super dog. Oh, Crypto. Crypto. It is actually Crypto, isn't it? I think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's in it. He yeah, he plays, plays into it at, towards the end. Yeah, uh-huh. makes a, a big, big impact. Oh man, and he gets he gets swallowed up by Eradicator at one point, and you're just like, oh, and they let they let that sit for a long time too. Yeah. So what's what's Eradicator's play here? Yeah, he like show- throughout the whole arc, he's got like an agenda. So John hurts himself. Did he fall out of a tree or something like that? Yes. Yeah, so he legitimately hurt himself. So he, they took him to the Fortress of Solitude, and when they get there, that's that's where the, the did you say it was Eradicator, Vindicator? What is it? Era- Eradicator. Eradicator. <laughs> like Vindicator. That's something else. I it? think I I think I did say Vindicator at one point, or started to say Vindicator. <laughs> but yeah, um, but he's there, and his whole trip is basically like he's a Nazi. Yeah, he. Uh, <laughs> I mean, sort of. Superman, like a Kryptonian Nazi. <laughs> his Superman's son is half human, half Kryptonian, so he doesn't like that. That's uh, what would be the term watering he's down the bloodline or whatever. Yeah, he's they not would a pure say. blood, pure blood Kryptonian, basically. Yeah, he's basically he's a Kryptonian supremacist, you know. <laughs> you know, but he's actually like. like He's a machine, right? Or some type of machinery that houses the souls of all the dead Kryptonians? Or Well, yeah. I mean, I don't know, like, what he's... He's kind of like a... I don't know. He's not really a clone either. He, but he's, yeah, he's like a construct. Uh, he's a Kryptonian cro- construct, so he's more bio-organic than, yeah. uh, than what we're used to in terms of... He's not really an android. He's not really a person, but he's kind of like an android person. If that makes any sense. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And we get his, we get his whole, his whole little backstory here. His origins get explained in here. So I mean, if you're not familiar with it, they they run us through a little break, brief breakdown of it. Part of what I liked about it. Okay, so there's a lot of battle, and that was initially kind of my 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 beef with action comics was. I mean, at this point in time when this was coming out, was it was like all battle setting up stuff that didn't make sense. And I was like, eh, I mean, that's fine, but you know, I'm not really into it. And I read Superman and I was like, this is character stuff. Like it's, it's, you know, it's interesting character stuff and it's dealing with, I don't know. I just found it well more substantive. This, this, this was also my Superman and I love how it plays on things that I recognize like Bibbo, like who would have thought Bibbo was making a comeback. And, uh, you know, like his bar, you know, like becomes a, like a, a, a location in this story arc where, where the whole battle with, uh, with Eradicator winds up taking it to Bibbo <laughs> of all, of all characters, you know, just, just the Superman fan Bibbo. Yeah. That comes up in issue four. Yeah. Issue four has some insane artwork. I love some of this stuff, but even during these big fight scenes, like there's still, interesting character stuff going on um you get some interesting stuff out of superman in relation to like uh the uh eradicator you know just stuff about er eradicators hang-ups with like collecting all the kryptonians and stuff you get some interesting stuff out of superman but there's also like 
like John and I believe later on uh, Lois, like they jump into the fight and help oh, out yeah. and have oh, an yeah. effect. Like they're not just there as damsels in distress or whatever. They're not just there for Superman to to rescue. Like they're all in danger and they all like have an important part in in the battle. Right. Well, and they, they become like, uh, I mean, they kind of become bait, unfortunately, mm, this but, is true. uh, but also as a part of, part of the plan. And like that even comes into play. Like Bibbo's like the man of tomorrow has got a plan <laughs> or the man of steel has got a plan. And he's basically got Superman flying off to the moon with Lois and, uh, was it John? Yep. It's John. Yep. It, John, okay, Lois and John in like this space capsule or something. And this is my, that's my favorite part is this last issue where they fly to the moon. Oh, it's so ridiculous because it's not <laughs> so, even. It's so crazy. I don't like, think it it's just even, goes bonkers. It's not even a space capsule. It's like a submarine or something. But Oh, yeah, I think you're right. So I'm like, I wait, you're right. I don't think submarines are made <laughs> I don't for- think that works. <laughs> I don't think it's structurally sound enough. I mean, I guess maybe if you're flying fast enough, but wouldn't it just like crush like a can? Yeah, it's the kind of it's the kind of thing where it's like, okay, it's silly and you know while writing it they're like this is ridiculous. Let's do it. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, it's like it's close enough. And you're like, <laughs> I mean, people will be able to suspend disbelief enough. Listen, once they get into Batman's secret base on the moon, nobody's going to care. <laughs> that's, uh, that's what I mean. Like, just saying that out loud. <laughs> it's just like, oh, my God, this is so campy. <laughs> and I love it. I genuinely love it. He has, like, robotic robotic bats <laughs> set up as security yes, on there. Yes. Because uh, why wouldn't you, Batman? So, so the Eradicator... Shows up there, of course, and the fight continues. And I do like this bit. The arts, this, this is one of the issues, issue five. It's not mm-hmm. by Patrick Gleason, but I do like the art here. It looks nice. Yeah. When that cover is crazy because it's got like crazy moon robot Batman and uh, Eradicator and Clark. And oh, yeah. It's just crazy. It's like, uh, you could almost, see, you could almost see how, uh, was it Dark Knight Metal? Yeah, you can yeah. almost see that coming with this cover. You're like, okay, I oh, see where this definitely came from. that Batman suit looks so like. Yeah, it does. Yep, totally metal. <laughs> <laughs> it's Batguar, and this they wreck up. I can't remember if it's in these <laughs> issues or later, but Bat Bruce Wayne shows up at one point and has a comment about them destroying his very expensive moon base. <laughs> yeah. Yes, but but they wrecked the place up. But I enjoy this one a lot because if it's not this issue, it is this issue where Lois, this is where she gets into the fight because she finds Batman's big, crazy metal looking. Uh, yes. R- robot robot suit. And <laughs> and she gets in there. Yep, yep, yeah. Yeah. That's that's what that's what you're saying. Like they they don't just sit on the sidelines, man. Even Lois gets in there, and she's like, you get your hands off my son, Eradicator. Mm-hmm. In fact, a lot of this issue, I'm not sure where Clark went, but a lot of this issue is her her and John against Eradicator. And they, they do well. They're holding his, they're holding his own, holding their own. Well, the, well, the Eradicator like, actually absorbs Superman. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And so they have to like fend for themselves for a little while while he's trying to get out. And he's talking to Kryptonian ghosts. Yep. Making a plan. 
the Krypton ghosts. <laughs> like ghosts? Yeah. At this point also I was like, ghosts now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. What isn't in this? It's, it's it's funny because the epi- uh, like the issue before that Bibbo makes a mention to Ghostbusters. It's like, all right, there are little Kryptonian ghosts. They're just waiting for Vigo to show up, and then they get that like the was it the emotion goo and just put it on the Statue of Liberty, and boom, take that Eradicator. <laughs> <laughs> Your love <laughs> keeps lifting me higher. I blame Ghostbusters 2 for the Statue of Liberty being a weeping angel. Oh, yeah. You know what? You're probably right. <laughs> I just made that connection. How uh, dare you? It's not good. It's not good. <laughs> yeah, so the fight continues into the last issue, but Superman busts out because he gets the ghosts on his side. <laughs> He has a super team up with the ghosts. They're like, we're tired of this jerk, this eradicator. Yeah. He eradicates fun. That's what he does. Man, the artwork in this one gets crazy, too. Cause what's oh, the- my God. Because, I mean, like, once they finally, once he's, like, releasing the Kryptonians and whatnot, it's it's just one big beat em up action scene on the moon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? But then, like, one of my favorite panels is uh, is, is where he just says, Heal. Yep. And then, and then crypto. Crypto comes out of his chest like a, like a, like an alien. It's like a chestburster. Oh, it's awesome. He does. He even then like puts Superman puts his hand in Crypto's mouth, which is like stretching through the S on Eradicator's chest. Yes. And tells him to he's, bite. He's like, bite down so they can just like rip him out of uh, Eradicator's chest. Oh man, it's awesome! And then he comes out, and he, he the crypto is a laser or heat vision blasting Eradicator along with Superman punching him. <laughs> yes, and it creates a mushroom cloud on the moon. Oh, mushroom! It makes a mushroom cloud on the moon. <laughs> and uh, it's huge! It's huge! That I feel much- like, I feel I feel like that's our subtitle for this episode: mushroom, is mushroom cloud, cloud on, the on the moon. Oh yeah! Whoa! Oh yeah! <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Oh man! <laughs> ingestion, in, ingestion, malfunction. <laughs> After they, you know, like rip crypto out of his chest. So crazy! Oh, they even I I forgot about that. Is that the last page? No, it's not the last page, but it's the last page of them on the moon, and it's got a very rather like old school looking uh, r- Superman's pose. Like it's super. It just reminds me of old school, like old school Superman, and it's got the big. Superman is here to stay. And he's got oh, the yeah. American flag behind him. It's just so. Right, right. Uh, it's good, though. <laughs> right now. Ne- yeah, well, right next to the, uh, what is the it? Moon the moon lander uh, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you've got, I, I like a crypto sit. He's just got crypto sitting on top of a, uh, like, they all have great poses. <laughs> oh, yeah. He has a great, a great pose moment in this issue. Like, Lois gets to be Batman, and <laughs> Crypto gets to sit on Eradicator on the moon, and uh, Superman gets to pose next to the American flag. When, you know, and, like, John gets his pose, but it's at the very, his is at the very end. Uh-huh. Because, like, once they get back to Earth, like, things seem like they're just going to go back to normal kind of thing. Where, you know, they're going to just continue to lay low. But then Superman's getting accolades. He's on TV and whatnot. But uh, 
Superman, he he's like, all right, this is my this is my son. Here's Superboy. Yep. Yeah. Introduces him to the league. To Batman and Wonder Woman standing there with with Superman and Superboy on the last page specifically. And yeah, you, gone is this. Well, I, Batman looks mad like he always does, but it's you know <laughs> he's always mad. He's 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 still like fuming because who's gonna pay for that robot suit, right? Oh man, I wish I could remember which issue it is that comes up, but that does come up. <laughs> yeah, well, it's got to happen in this last issue, doesn't it? I mean, no, because the last issue, the whole okay, so the uh, issue seven, which is technically part of this this arc, at least by title, all takes place at like uh, not an amusement park, but like a county fair type thing in the t- in the nearby town, and it's them at this county fair, and that's the whole issue. Like, I mean, some stuff happens, of course. It's very much like. Superman's like, I won't do any superheroics, but then of course he does, and you know, it's 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 fluffy. It's fluffy, but still a pretty good issue. And I think that's 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 a good breakdown of what oh here's here's the line I'm looking at in uh uh issue six is uh apology apologies. He's like apologies won't fix what the Superman did to my cave. Oh, it is in there. Great. Yeah, yeah. Eradicator wasn't a Superman. He was here to hurt. I'm here to help. Very Superman (laughs) moment. Very Superman moment. He's even like, oh yeah, it's super, super cheesy, super cheesy, like yeah, depiction of him, and he's even got like the shine going. He's got the big blue eyes and the John Cena smirk. They just stop (laughs) just short of like putting the little light sparkle on his eye, you know. Yeah, yes, yeah, or a gleam on his teeth. Exactly. <laughs> if he had his, if he had his mouth open, there'd be a gleam, crest white. Yes. And yeah. No, I mean, like it sounds super cheesy, but this was a super fun read. That's the thing. I think what so impressed me about this is because, and maybe I'm getting older and more forgiving of it, or maybe it's just a. I assume it's just a testament to like how well it's written. Is like, there's definitely a time where that kind of cheese would have just totally turned me off of it. Right, like you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Batman fan. I don't want none of that. I want Angry Bruce, <laughs> right? But, right. but it just works so well. And when it does go over the top, you're just like, oh my god! But it doesn't like kill it at all. It's just fun. <laughs> but at the same, I feel time, like this is the place for it. You know, like Superman is the place for this kind of thing. Uh, yeah, you, you couldn't get away with this in a Batman book. I, I would argue you can't even get away with. Robat Man on the Moon in Batman, but if you put Robat Man on the Moon in Superman, total sense. Makes yeah, total like, sense. Of, of course, Batman's got course a secret layer on the Moon. Yeah, of course, he does. The Watchtower's right up there. It's a hop, skip, and a jump. He uh-huh. needs a Bat Moon cave. <laughs> yeah, of course, he needs one. <laughs> he needs one. Why wouldn't he? You know, uh, like but- a treehouse, but on the Moon and underground. But at the, at the same time, like for all it's like the kind of cheesy moments, the, you know, the overly loving homages to old school Superman, like there's still like there's good substance. There's good character work. There's even like that first issue. There's creepy moments and like kind of like when he sure when John blows up the cat and, and like their pet <laughs> and yeah. uh, when crypto, who is just insane to begin with, when crypto gets swallowed up by the eradicator. Yeah there's still these moments of like, Oh man, like kind of intense. And, right. and at the same time, like five of these six issues is basically an ongoing battle. 
It's right. Yeah, it, exactly. It's so well balanced. I can't, it's crazy that it works. And it kind of like, I think the fact that a lot of this you're seeing through the eyes of, of John uh, kind of helps that because everything is strange and everything is kind of scary and everything moves super fast and you don't understand it all. Mm-hmm. And that kind of feels like uh, experiencing things for the first time through the eyes of a child. Yeah. 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 Good point. I, uh, I didn't know that, I, you know, I probably wouldn't have experienced this book at all. Hadn't you recommended it kind of thing. So like, but it's a it's you're right. It's great. It's great writing. It's uh, good character development. Um, you know, I this is a this is one of the crown jewels of the uh, rebirth movement. I think. Yeah, I think DC. so too. And I don't know if it's I don't know if it's recognized as such, but uh, I think it should. I think be. a lot of people are saying that it's really good. That mm-hmm. it's written really well. I don't know if sales numbers will reflect it necessarily. But I know that a lot of the people that are reviewing things have high praise for this series, specifically uh, Superman. And Tomasi and Gleason are just, they're a good team. And, well, it's like what I was saying on um, that YouTube video the other day, because I was talking about the silent issue of Batman and Robin, quote unquote, silent issue. And not every single issue is... uh, knocks it out of the park in that series there's a couple that are like eh. particularly I, I felt the last issue of the series was kind of weak but i think it's the last issue attempted to do this like mm-hmm. it had them it had batman and robin on the moon driving around on a like what do you call it a little moon rover moon and rover yeah it was kind of like light fluffy fun and for me although i think it was a different artist who drew that one for me it didn't really work on there. It didn't really work on Batman, especially after that run, because it was similarly yeah. to this, like dealing with um, father son stuff, uh, relationship stuff. And like, you know, it's kind of emotional moments, but it was still, it's still Batman. And even though it was Batman and Robin, we have a very Bruce Wayne style, moody Robin with Damian Wayne. Yeah. He, uh, Damian's not a Robin that uh, it's just going to go out and have fun for fun's sake. Mm hmm. Like he's always about the mission, it seems like. And there's, oh, I don't remember how far along it is. There's a team up too at some point in this series with, um, uh, with with Damien and John. And oh, and they have their own. Uh, they have their own book, don't they? Do oh, you're right. Super Sons or something. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. You God, how have I not read that yet? I'm so behind on lots of things. I, I'm sure that's probably pretty good. They're in inter- Well, in, like I said, I liked Gleason's uh, book that focused on Robin, and even though it was a moody Damian Wayne, like they still he still made it fun. So I think a lot of that. Not to say it doesn't come from Tomasi, but I think Gleason adds a lot of that. He's got. Um, I think he likes to do adventure, particularly in a uh, like a wordless book. I've got to imagine that Gleason is seeing this visually and helping with the art direction since he does double duty. Yeah. On a lot of that. And I think looking back at looking at that issue again for that video recently, I think Gleason's art's gotten a little stronger. I think it's gotten better reading this, rereading this, and then looking back at that other stuff. And it's not that his art's ever been bad, but I think maybe I just got used to it. But faces occasionally come across strangely or especially when they're like shout. And he's got Mm -hmm. a very specific style. But 
I didn't necessarily find that in the Superman. There's even faces he's done in a, a similar way that didn't strike me as strangely here. So I don't know if he's kind of refining that style or or what, but hmm. I find his more recent stuff doesn't strike me as occasionally odd as some of his other stuff I've read, uh, mm-hmm. some of the earlier New 52 stuff, but maybe that's just me acclimatizing to his style. <laughs> yeah, getting used to it, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I can't recommend this highly enough because it won me over. It's hard to, if it can win me over on what is essentially a fairly cheesy, sometimes fluffy Superman book, then they're totally doing something. Well, I, re- I remember when you first started, like, giving it high praise it was kind of like it was kind of jarring because it's like you aside aside from man of steel i can't remember the last time that you like were like yeah superman yeah that's what i'm reading right now yeah i was the guy that liked man of steel zach snyder's man of steel i went to the movie theater and saw it twice right 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 <laughs> it's like oh. so very decidedly like uh not what most people think superman uh-huh. but yeah and so but but you know reading it this isn't this isn't that that's not what i'm saying i mean like this is a different take too but yeah i mean that's a that's a good example of like why it's surprising then that i would suggest yeah. this and you check it out and be like wow this is not man of steel <laughs> this is, yeah, no, this is not Ro Batman on the moon. Oh, well, it is Ro Batman on the moon, but it's <laughs> it Ro Batman on the moon. <laughs> I just wanted to say it one more time. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Ro yeah, no, Bat really Lois fun. on the moon. Ro Bat, that's even better. Yeah, Ro Bat Lois. Yep, not enough Ro Batmans. Rab Batmans, you know, all sorts of robot Batmans. Oh, I'm going to have to pick this series up again. I wonder what the wonder what the current state of it is. Last I heard, it was still going strong, but I don't know. Okay, do we want to look at some uh, letters? Yes, let's look at some letters. This is Randy from in the future, and I have a very important message for you. The Grolics podcast is missing something, and that something is you. Join our letters page segment. If you have thoughts on what we're reading, what we just read, what we're about to read, what you're reading, or you just want to say hi, send us an email to letters at grolicspodcast.com and we'll read and discuss your letter on the show. What the devil? What are you doing here? Hey folks, this is Randy from Further in the Future. And what my former self neglected to mention is we also have a Google Voice line. You can call it Leave a message, and we will play that message on the next episode of the Grolix Podcast. Try to keep it under two minutes. Whatever you want to talk to us about, talk to us about it. Ideally, something related to the show. Dial 559-426-6427, or if this helps you remember, 559-4-COMICS. Type that into your phone, you'll be connected to our voicemail, leave us a message, and we will play it on the show. What? This is getting ridiculous. Get out of my way. Get out of my way. This is Randy from even further in the future. And what these two knuckleheads neglected to mention is if you'd rather send us an MP3 recording of yourself to play on the show, you can hit that email. Again, that's letters at grolicspodcast.com with an MP3 attachment, and we'll play it during the show. Just try to keep your language clean and keep it under two minutes. Also, hey, Bonehead, did you just shoot our younger self? Yeah, no, it's, yeah, it's cool. 
Shouldn't we be doing the Marty McFly disappear from the picture act right now? No, it's fine. He he was a time remnant. Oh, a time That doesn't make sense. That do- a time remnant doesn't make sense. At some point, older Randy has to travel back to talk to younger Randy. But if older Randy kills younger Randy, younger Randy never gets to become older Randy and travel back in time. It's time travel, not cloning. We're not cloning and sending ourselves back. We're just time traveling. You don't know that. We could be operating on primer rules. In that case, there can only be one. Let's go with, uh, we got some response from Peter. We've already mentioned uh, the Superior Comic Show on our, uh, you know, on our in-house news. Well, let's, uh, let's see what Peter has to say. And he's at Superior Comic 16 on Twitter. And he asks... Uh, and there's there's some backstory. So I'll, first I'll ask the question. And I'll give you the backstory a little bit here uh, after the fact. So why do people claim that you can't like a whole company if you don't like a single movie? Now, uh, you know, like I think this is timely for us because we just recently dealt with some hate mail. Uh, if you go back and listen to uh, episode 51 – uh, we we kind of dive into some hate mail that we got on our YouTube channel, and uh, recently Peter had to deal with some uh, some Twitter trolls that uh, didn't like his uh, didn't like the fact that he didn't like Batman v Superman, and we've been critical of Batman v Superman on this show as well. Uh, and uh, this this person basically, and I think there was a couple of people, but uh, one or two people in particular were were calling him to the to the mat, as it were. Or calling him to the carpet, or, or whatever that saying is, uh, for for not liking uh, Batman v Superman, and uh, and implying that because you don't like Batman v Superman, that means you also do not like DC Comics. Because if you didn't like Batman v Superman, then you clearly don't get quote unquote get uh, DC Comics. So. That's kind of where this is coming from. So why do you think it is that people get like so singular focused that like, well, if you don't like this movie, you can't possibly like that company. I don't know. See, yeah. And I, I did miss this bit of the Twitter conversation. And actually, initially when the question come across, I, I think I misunderstood it because this is such a weird angle to take to say that if you don't, if you don't like Batman v Superman, then you just don't get Batman or Superman and therefore aren't don't aren't going to like DC comics. Like, yeah, yeah, no, I mean, I think because those represent, because the Batman V Superman representation of representations of the characters are, I don't know. It's very strange for DC fans. You know, I mean, it's, it's strange even for DC fans. I mean, but like we are fans of DC, Mm -hmm. like uh, you're a huge Batman fan and, the, uh, you know, we've been very critical of what Zack Snyder's done. Arguably, if you're a big fan of DC Comics, you would be more critical of the movie. I would think so. I mean, I would agree with that. And that's not to say you can't be a fan of the comics and also like the movie and acknowledge that they're different mediums, different inter- interpretations. In fact, if you're a comic book reader at all, you should understand at this point. If yeah. you read DC Comics or Marvel Comics, you should understand the wild variations in a single character depending oh, on man. how it's handled yeah, by like this Oliver, that Oliver Queen on TV versus Oliver Queen in the comics before TV. 
You know, I mean, like after it hits the television and gets successful, then we start to see art imitating life or whatever, you know, uh, what's successful here winds up translating, but, uh, yeah. Well, and especially, I mean, that's follow, that's following up our conversation about Superman just now, the, the idea that like the man of steel, uh, Batman v Superman version of Superman is what you're guaranteed going to get in DC comics. And so don't even like, if you don't like that, then why are you trying to read it? Like that is, I don't know. It's just, it doesn't make sense to me. Well, and you liked that movie, but, uh, wasn't Superman even a little much for you in Batman v Superman? Oh yeah. Well, cause he's just mopes. <laughs> he mopes. He doesn't do anything. He's just there to be <laughs> more like moper man. Am I right? <laughs> And even when he does do stuff, it is kind of questionable. Like, he shows up to help Lois, but even that he doesn't handle very well because, like, she was there while, I don't know. I don't know. It's just the idea of, like, because you don't like this movie, like, how can you say you like DC Comics is also insane because that's, like, I mean, there's issues of Batman that I don't like. There's versions, there's whole versions of Batman in the comics that I don't like. But I'm still a big Batman fan because there's right awesome like different creators are going to handle it differently, and that includes for includes uh, movie movies, different mediums, especially different mediums. Yeah, so I mean, like it's it's hard that uh, that's why I gave you the backstory is like you really can't separate this question from the troll because that's basically what this was was a was a troll. Um, but I do think it's interesting that there are people so adamant that they need to defend uh, Suicide Squad or they have to defend Batman v Superman. And uh, like to the point where they want to get Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. Like, taken off the internet or something ridiculous, you know, like, no, people aren't just uh, trying to ruin a thing you liked, you know, like people have different opinions and that's all it is. And even the Batman v Superman interpretation of Batman wasn't terrible. Like a lot of people would agree. No, even people that didn't like the movie would agree. Okay, maybe not because he he's kind of murder hungry, but he always is in the right. movies. A lot of a lot of people still, even with that, even I mean, I mean, like there's a lot of problems with the film, but even with that, a lot of people will say that Batman is, if not the best thing about the movie, at least the second best thing about the movie. Yeah, because Wonder Woman. Couldn't be gotten wrong <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. And even with that said, like, you know, I didn't mind. I And I'm not an Affleck fan, but I didn't mind th- that version of Batman. Right. But sometimes it doesn't matter. Sometimes a bad movie is just a bad movie. Sometimes weak writing is just weak writing. And, you right. know, if you don't agree with me on that front, that's fine. But it's crazy to say, well, then you don't like DC Comics because <laughs> because that movie is written poorly, in my opinion doesn't necessarily mean I'm going to think that all DC comics are written poorly or vice versa. Like uh, there's been Marvel movies that I wasn't wild about, but I don't avoid Marvel comics because I didn't care for age of Ultron. You know, I I was just going to go there. You know, it's like uh, we generally are pretty positive about Marvel movies. um, Most of the time because of the quality, like they, they do a pretty good job of being consistent with their quality or, or just consistent in general, mm-hmm. even if it's not always quality. 
with a couple of exceptions, you know, like we went from the original Avengers movie, which was pretty much gold to <laughs> Avengers two, which is still one of the movies that I'm like, eh. there's good parts in it. Yeah. It's not a good movie. <laughs> you know, it's a good, it's got good parts and it's, yeah. And it's problematic in what's, it's problematic for not for all the same reasons, but for several of the same reasons that Batman v Superman is kind of problematic for me. There was a lot of right. obvious shoehorning and like, which happens in comics too. That obvious shoehorning happens, happens in comics, including comics. I like, right. I had mentioned the, that I really enjoyed the Batman and Robin run, um, new mm-hmm. 52 run, but there are few, some issues that I wasn't wild about. And some of those issues are because, there was obvious like editorial interference where a plot line just like kind of went nowhere or on organically evaporated early, even though you could tell it was supposed to go somewhere. That's exactly the kind of stuff that shows up in these movies that is problematic. So, I mean, even if, if they do, if justice league comes out and is amazing, you Mm -hmm. know, then that's fine. I, I, if it's awesome, I'll be like, yeah, no, that was awesome. Like I want it to be awesome, but I don't know. People get this weird thing where it's like, well, you didn't like this. You're just not going to like any of them just because you don't you don't want to like them. It's like, right. I shouldn't have to try to like something, man. I should either like it or not. Exactly. Exactly. And so. So, Peter, uh, you know, you're fine. Stay stay strong. (laughs) Like like what you like, man. Like what you like. So, okay, Like we have we have a. Um, some letters that we might just go ahead and save for the next episode. Uh, but I've got a, I've got a, like a news bit that I'd like to piggyback off of this question because I think it's interesting because, um, cause we kind of got into Marvel versus DC just now, uh, in terms of the movies, uh, there's a, there has been some rumor going around in the news, uh, news rumor. So I don't know how much stock to give it or not, but basically, uh, looking at just numbers, like the business model, uh, Marvel Comics does not make Disney a lot of money. And Disney owns a lot of things. And so they look at things in terms of money, like how much is this making us? And uh, when they look at Marvel Comics, they see that the movies are really the only thing making them a lot of money. So the uh, there's been some rumor and some speculation that maybe – Disney will do with the comics what they've done with comics in the past, which is why should they publish their own comics when they can just license out the characters, which would essentially mean dissolving Marvel comics as we know and and have known it for years and seeing someone else do Spider-Man. That's so crazy. I, I, you know, and it's a thing that boggles the mind, uh, my mind, because They've always been there for me. Like I've always in my lifetime, there has always been a Marvel Comics. Even when they were like going bankrupt in the 90s, there's always been a Marvel Comics. So the fact that we're even contemplating you know, like and I can see it like um, think about like Darkwing Duck or uh, the DuckTales. Uh, they did kind of a revival of those properties in comic form, but it's not like Disney comics publications yeah. or whatever. Yeah. It's done through boom studios or some other third party publisher. So what we're talking about here is dissolving the publishing front of Marvel comics and, uh, 
and somehow striking out some kind of publishing rights instead. And I wonder how that would even work. You're like, how would that work? Because like right now, movies are based off of the comics for the last, what, whatever, 20, it's more than 20, more like 30 to 40 to 50 years of Marvel comics. So like all the stories that we're kind of mining for the movies, which are, you know, what makes Disney actual money came from those last, what we'll say 50 years. I don't know if that's true or not. So how would that work going forward? Because if you give, uh, let's say you give Dark Horse the rights to Spider-Man and Dark Horse writes the Spider-Man comics, then does Marvel films get to make whatever they turned into a story into a movie? How's that even work? You know, I mean, like that opens a whole bevy of questions. So what do you think? What a horrible mess. Because right? even just in the movies, which are what, which is what does make them money, they as soon as they started trying to like do the Marvel universe thing in the movies, like they ran up against, well, this story has Spider-Man and Sony's got Spider-Man right now, or this story, there should be X-Men here, but Fox has got X-Men. So think about running into that exact issue in the comics themselves. And it happens once in a while with like the odd character here or there, but Mm -hmm. think about like the idea of trying to like continue on, various storylines from i don't know avengers versus x-men or or whatever just anything oh yeah to where it's like well uh, dc has wolverine right now but uh dark horse <laughs> has right? dark horse oh, has man. the rest of the x-men and spider-man's over here but captain america like woo. i mean and i i i imagine that they would go all to one place but that still doesn't make it any cleaner, you know, like let's just say that IDW, because they tend to pick up a lot of IPs. Let's say IDW says, oh, yeah, we're the, we're the place for Marvel. So now they're writing Marvel books, but they're IDW brand, wouldn't they? I would think I would think Marvel Studios wouldn't be able to mine from those plot lines. It's I would kind think, of. Yeah, it's kind of like when they bought Star Wars and then and then this might this not necessarily their motivation at all, but they bought star Wars and then they're like, none of the extended universe stuff counted or like is part of well, you're right. our new and they, I think they, I think they can even, I, I think those technically would be part of the purchase, wouldn't they? Or maybe not, maybe because they're book publishing. Yeah. I don't know. And how, how would the, how, how would the comic book? Yeah. I don't know. Stuff work because didn't, wasn't it dark horse who had that property for a long time? Oh yeah. Yeah. They had uh, they had Star Wars, so like yeah, anything that that. Uh, we, but it's interesting because they still could put them out. I think uh, I think Marvel released trades of some of those Dark Horse properties, oh, which they now what? owned. You know, like they owned they owned it, so they put out a bunch of trades and made a bunch of money off of it, even though it was released through Dark Horse. You're completely right. How does that work? Because like Titan Titan Comics has or Titan has. Um, Doctor Hoop license now, and they right. have re- re- they have re-released a lot of the stuff that was produced under IDW. Right. When IDW, when they had it, they were releasing a lot of the comics that were put out uh, through um, Doctor Who magazine, I think. They were releasing a bunch of uh, classic trades, or, or they were compiling them as Doctor Who classic. And then, boom, here you go. You got a whole issue of uh, of the Seventh Doctor run. 
which obviously is not happening currently, and they weren't new. I think they were from the Doctor Who magazine. Wow. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. And and then so then to, how does that translate to comics? It just seems like uh, what so was that? What's that symbol? It's the snake eating its own tail, you know? Like yeah. I can see why from a money standpoint Disney would think about doing this because, you know, they could make money if they uh, you know, if they shut down the publishing arm of Marvel and just had, you know, farmed it out, but at the same time eventually you know, the snake eats its own tail enough and you don't have stories to make movies, which is what actually makes you the money. So they say they do this Mm -hmm. and they offered it up to license out if they were smart. Well, I don't know. Maybe it's not smart, but they could probably make more money if they split it up. But if they kept most of the universe characters, the rights together, would you just, would it be DC then that would swing in for that if they could afford it? Oh, you'd think so, wouldn't you? Yeah, I, don't yeah. Know. I mean that—that's anyone. Are the big two. Anyone would. Uh, oh man, yeah, that'd be it'd be uh, basically like when uh, uh, World Wrestling Entertainment bought out uh, World Championship Wrestling. Mm, you know, mm-hmm. when when Vince McMahon had the opportunity, of course he bought WCW. Why wouldn't he? He bought his competition, and now he has rights to all those characters and all that film library and. Uh, yeah, so now when you go on the WWE network, you can watch all the WCW stuff. So if you if you have Batman and Superman and now you could have Spider-Man 2, why wouldn't you? <laughs> or you see some dark, I mean like pun intended but pun not intended, some dark horse just swing in and it'd be like uh like Netflix, now we're making comic books. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know, because they've got Jessica Jones and they've got Daredevil anyway, you know, like they're making a decent amount of money with their partnership with Marvel. So, you know, like, guess what, guys, we're keeping it going. <laughs> Man, if it was something like Netflix, maybe they'd finally do a, a digital comic service uh, subscription service, right? You just read oh, it yeah, all. yeah, just read it all. They show comics, uh, comicsology. What it, what's up? Yeah. None of this like. Well, you can get these, or you can get this issue. Uh, yeah, yeah. Two years you, you after get, it's out, you get the first three issues of Invincible, but the rest of it you're gonna have to buy. Yeah, yeah. Not, and I don't know if that's what it is, but it's something, something like that. Like you get three, three volumes, and that's it. Yeah, even though there's like twelve or something. From a money standpoint, like I get it, but you think it'd still be worth some type of value. I guess maybe the movies are big enough, but some type of value. Even if they're not, even if they're taking a slight loss on the comics division to keep it going for because of the gains they're making with the movies, you would you you would think so. I mean, like that. I mean, I understand because they're looking at their own history or whatnot. But it's it's like you've got to think outside the box on this. Okay, no, you can make more money by farming out Uncle Scrooge comics to Boom Stu- Studios, but uh, that's different. Than Spider Man, it's got to be. <laughs> I love the slight desperation do- there. It's got to <laughs> yeah, be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Puberty voice crack and everything. <laughs> it was like, it's got to be, man. Yeah. Wow. I don't know. Yeah. So, I don't know. We we probably don't have a real answer for that. But I just thought like that. Uh, Peter's question actually kind of 
reminded me that that's a thing that I wanted to talk about on this show. It's just such a big, like, and I don't know, in the end, maybe it's a, be a good thing. Maybe it'd be a terrible thing. It's a what if. It, huh? it is a what if. <laughs> oh, Marvel. DC buys the rights and they're like, all right, we're going to do Marvel versus DC again, only this time. Guess it's going to be winning. Elseworlds versus what if. It'll be like Elseworlds, what ifs. <laughs> maybe that's what rebirth, maybe that's why they're taking so long with this whole like Watchmen thing. That's what <laughs> they're, they're just waiting. They're wa- yeah. <laughs> Who watches the Watchmen? Is it Spider-Man? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> uh. Well, maybe we could get some more Tom King on uh, Vision then. Oh, there you go. I'd be all right with that. I could live with that. Get some Charles Soule on Swamp Thing again. and Yeah. Oh, man. I didn't even think about that. About that end of the spectrum. Like, what would that do to the creators? The shuffling of the deck that that would cause there. Well, and just because then DC... Okay, taking this what-if trail of DC then bought... If suddenly DC owned Marvel characters or had rights to use them... That's not even to say DC could like match the output that Marvel on its own currently has because they, I'm sure, still have limits. Like they can't oh, yeah. suddenly like be out like handling twice the creative teams, outputting twice the comics, and and not take a huge hit doing it and paying licensing for it. Like yeah, right. Although I guess that's Warner Brothers, and maybe someday we'll worry about that as soon as these Warner Brothers DC movies. Yeah, they st- they make money. They make money. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, what even bat? You know, Batman v Superman being the uh, you know the thing that started this whole conversation that made ridiculous amounts of money, and a lot of people still panned it. You know, like it didn't even have to be a, a quote unquote good movie for it to make tons of money. Maybe it'll just maybe the big two will collapse. <laughs> they'll they got they've already been eaten up by the big movie studios. Maybe they'll just collapse and. I don't know. All, oh yeah, yeah. Oh, there's there's that too. What if Marvel shuts down and DC's like, oh, I guess we don't have to work that hard either. Yeah, <laughs> you know, Warner Brothers is like, oh, this isn't making us any money either. Ooh, ooh, yeah. That ooh, that set a bad precedent that I'm sure Warner Brothers would be eyeballing real hard to see how that goes. Yeah, yeah. They and I could see them going either way, either picking up the properties and saying, hey, we'll write your Spider Mans, or Saying, oh, wait a minute. You're right. <laughs> we don't need this. Spider-Mans. <laughs> we'll write you Spider-Mans. <laughs> <laughs> All right, come on, we're in. This is awesome. We're in the Grolic Studios. Look, it's a plate of Mel's Hot Biscuits. I've heard about those. Oh, my God, check it out. Jesse and Randy's beard oil. I didn't know you can buy that in buckets. Well, that Sam Club's membership is really paying off. Okay, let's get in their computer and drop this promo. Okay, let's do it. We're the Roman Podcast, and in the future, we're sneaking a promo on the Grolic Show. <laughs> <laughs> okay, oh. no, no, okay, seriously. Go, it's go, it's go. Here, sir. here we go. I'm Roman LeBeau. And I'm Rob Gast. And we're from the Roman Podcast. We're just two Canadian guys getting together once a week to put our own spin on weird stories and trending news. That's right. You can get our show every Wednesday night on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, the Laughable app, and of course, here on the EMC Podcast Network. Okay, I think this. I think we got it. Uh, put that in their show. Let's get out of here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hang on. While I'm in their computer, I'm just going to update their comic book pull list for the next few months. What are you adding? Captain Canuck, of course. <laughs> nice.
This has been Randy. 20 years in Gotham, Alfred. We've seen what promises are worth. How many good Grolics are left? How many stay that way? And this is Jesse. Live as one of them, Kal-El, to discover where your strength and your Grolics are needed. Thank you for listening to the Grolux Podcast. The Grolux Podcast is a production of the Electronic Media Collective and Vorpal Arrow Studios. For more Grolux Podcasts, check out GrolixPodcast.com. Also find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, YouTube, ElectronicMediaCollective.com, Facebook.com slash Grolux Podcast, Twitter.com slash Grolux Podcast, all the dot com slash all the Grolux Podcast. needed everywhere oh yeah all the time so when you're snapping next people will be like what the grolix <laughs> oh man some of these quotes are kind of funny okay so we got that the the big first uh clark kent bruce wayne conversation clark's like oh yeah in the library or whatever civil liberties are being trampled in your city good people living in fear and bruce says don't believe everything you hear son and what popped in my head is Fake news. That's fake news. <laughs> That's Don't believe everything news. you hear on CNN. Oh, fake news. Oh, we can blame Batman for Trump. <laughs> Bat Trump, man. Bat Trump. Oh, the the Bat Bart. We should have known first. first the- <laughs> He's a reporter on Bat Bart. <laughs> <laughs> Bat Bart. Oh man. <laughs>